The small group of warriors knelt before their captors. It had been a long struggle, but they had achieved their goal. Justice had been served. They had known from the beginning that their mission would likely come to this moment. Now that it was here, not a single man among them showed any hint of fear. The order was given. The sound of forty-seven tanto blades unsheathing in unison did not sound menacing. It sounded poetic. Virtuous Men, a podcast devoted to sharing the lives of men of history, fiction, and today, and the virtues they personify. Welcome to our mini-pod series. In each episode, we'll share a short story of a key virtue and the man or men who exemplified it. This is episode one, The Brotherhood of the 47 Ronin, hosted by Scott Einig. A virtue is a behavior one conforms to in order to achieve a moral and ethically principled life through action. A virtuous man is one who is well aware of how he falls short, yet chooses not to allow his flaws to define him as he seeks to better himself. Such men show that it is possible to overcome the things that keep us from achieving our destinies. Though each man is flawed and imperfect, it is in the lives of flawed men that we see the possibility for virtue in our own lives. This episode's virtue is brotherhood. Brotherhood is defined by a group of men living through a shared experience that requires everyone to give their best. Though brotherhood can happen in everyday circumstances, such as school, church, or the workplace, it is a virtue often associated with times of war or conflict. When men enter such times, they are transformed from individuals into brothers. One example of such a group is the tale of the 47 Ronin, a group of brothers who banded together to avenge a terrible wrong. In April 1701, the Emperor of Japan sent a group of imperial envoys to the Shogun Court in Edo, modern-day Tokyo. Two regional lords were chosen to receive the envoys, Asanyo Naganori and Kame-sama. To prepare for the visit, the two lords went to receive etiquette training by an influential shogunate, or high official, named Kira Yoshinaka. It was traditional custom for one receiving instruction to offer gifts to his instructor, but Kira found the gifts to be so inadequate that he proceeded to degrade them, insult them, and not bother teaching them properly. Kame became so enraged that he planned to kill Kira, but was advised against it by his counselors for fear of the ramifications others would receive. Instead, he offered Kira a bribe and was thus treated fairly. Kira's treatment of Asanyo continued, and Asanyo, who had managed to hold back his anger, eventually could not take it any longer. Kira insulted him one final time, calling him a country bumpkin without manners. Asanyo attacked him with a knife. Though he only grazed his face, Asanyo had nonetheless attempted murder within the grounds of the Edo court. He was thereby sentenced to death by seppuku, or ritual suicide. This was done by taking a short blade, known as a tanto, and slicing open the abdomen with a swift movement, leading to death by rapid blood loss. Upon Asanyo's death, 
his estate was confiscated, and his family plunged into financial ruin. All of the 300 warriors under Asanyu's command were reduced to the status of ronin, or masterless samurai. Due to the utter humiliation of such an existence, many of them committed seppuku. But 47 men, led by the exceptionally clever Oshi Yoshio, decided to remain alive to kill Kira and avenge their master. Kira, who fully expected such an attack, increased the guards and fortifications around Edo. Despite this setback, the remaining ronin began developing a plot that would require patience and cunning. Their plan to kill Kira took more than a year to unfold. Many of the ronin separated and took menial jobs as merchants, laborers, and carpenters. Oishi became a drunk, frequented brothels, and behaved obscenely in public, as a ruse to show Kira's guards that he was not a threat. His act was so convincing that when he was found lying in the street by another samurai, the samurai kicked him in the face and mocked him. Doing this to a samurai was an extremely insulting act, but to everyone around him, Oishi's reputation was thoroughly destroyed. Kira heard reports about these antics and came to believe that Asanyo's ronin were weak and cowardly. His defenses lowered as he came to accept that they were not a threat. The ronin regrouped in December of 1702 to finalize their plan. Some of the samurai, who appeared on the outside to be merchants and carpenters, gained access to the Edo grounds. After becoming familiar with the layout of the house, they planned their attack. On the snowy night of December 14th, the ronin split into two groups, with each planning to break through the front and rear gates. When a small group had slipped over the walls and bound the guards, the signal sounded and the ronin broke through. Kira fled in terror to hide in a shed while the 47 ronin searched the house. After an hour, they found him cowering and shaking, recognizing him by the scar their master had inflicted almost two years ago. Out of respect for his high rank, the ronin invited him to commit seppuku. But Kira was too terrified to die honorably, and so was beheaded. The ronin went to the temple where their master was buried and placed Kira's head at the grave, along with the blade Asanyu had used to kill himself. Word quickly spread about what had happened. The ronin offered their remaining money to the abbot and asked him for an honorable burial. Upon enacting their revenge, the 47 ronin were sentenced to commit seppuku, a fate they expected and embraced. They were buried next to their master, and their armor and weapons were preserved. The samurai who had once spat on and kicked Oishi went to his grave, got to his knees, and begged forgiveness for not believing he was a true samurai. He then committed seppuku on the spot, and was buried next to them. The graves of the ronin remain a site of pilgrimage to this day. The tale of the 47 ronin is arguably Japan's most famous story, becoming immortalized in countless media for over 300 years, and even being described by some as Japan's national legend. To many, it stands out not only as the greatest example of the code of honor among warriors of the era, known as Bushido, but the ultimate expression of how a man should live. Despite acting out of vengeance and wrath, the tale of this band of brothers provides a window into a world where virtues of honor, loyalty, protection, sacrifice, and servitude were taken so seriously that death was preferable to living life without them.
This episode of Virtuous Men was written and recorded by Scott Einig and edited by Jamie Adams. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review or a comment in the comments section. Be sure to check out our Instagram page at virtuous underscore men and give us a follow. Join us next time for episode two of our mini-pod series, The Descent of Oleg Pinkovsky.